Episode two. NASA, now's the time. Uh let me Oh man. I I I already already messed up by taking the wrong No, I took the wrong right thing. I just didn't update the right thing. That's fine. You know what? Nessa, let me ask you. We're doing Outriders today. Mm-hmm. If you died and came back to life, what would your superpower be? Oh, oh, I always know this one. I've got this, but it's a cheat. So you, you have to you have to be willing to accept that this is the cop-out answer. Okay. Okay. I would want unlimited ability to control the quantum possibilities of the universe. The... <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Say that again. Okay, so uh, this might be a little more chemistry or physics than some people have had or, or going to bring them back to a time in their life they don't want to remember. But essentially, uh, most of what exists around us is empty space. And, right. and, and atoms exist with an electron cloud around them with a, with a cloud yeah. of possibilities of where the electron can be. Where that Fair electron enough. is... Is is a quantum possibility or chance. Mm-hmm. So if you can control the quantum arrangement of everything around you, you can quite literally do anything. You can walk through right. walls. You can walk on the air and harden it. You can change all kinds of properties and do whatever you like. Whatever you can think of, you can do because you control quantum existence. Wow. Okay. Way more tense. I mean, I uh, I will tell you, I I study a little bit of like quantum computing and stuff in in school, so uh, that makes total sense to me. I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone else, but yeah, that's a lot more intense than mine was. Mine was gonna be like I could, I want the ability to just radiate heat, so I could just toast bread in my hand if I wanted <laughs> or something like that. So that sounds useful. Yeah, control the 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 quantum verse, uh, and just everything. Got it. Fair enough. Alrighty. Uh, welcome to episode two of Positively Reviewed. I am John, and I'm a big fan of all games, every game, and everywhere, and every place, anytime. I'll pay the money, make them a hundred dollars. I'm okay with that. And with me, as always, we got Nessa. Who really plays one game, but does other things occasionally if a friend asks her to. <laughs> Working yeah. on uh, branching out. When it comes out. to this podcast, all of a sudden she has to play more than one game. <laughs> yeah, it's progress. It's for your, for your, it's, it's a good thing. I've always wanted to play more games, and it's, it's hard to kind of have that reason. It's easy to just play Dota. And, okay... I know we're jumping the gun here a little bit, but like honestly, the fact that 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 we're doing Outriders today meant that I played Outriders, and <laughs> big smile because of that. <laughs> she's she's already got some good good clips of her playing playing the game that uh very entertaining and very scary all at the same time. Yeah, but that uh, I guess I can introduce our, our podcast. If you haven't been here before, welcome to the positively reviewed podcast. Pause reviewed pod Twitter and Instagram positively reviewed up on YouTube and the idea as you can see below accuracy beware we only have good things to say 
Yes. Yeah. So if you are looking for a podcast that is a nice, fair, balanced review that you think you're like, hey, maybe I'm I'm considering buying this or going to see this or playing this or doing things with this. This might not be the best place for you for two reasons. <laughs> as I said, as she said, we only really are going to be talking about the positive stuff, leaving out all the negative, and we're going to get a little bit spoilery. So spoiler warning, that's yours. Uh... We'll try to keep it as minimum as we can, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely not not minimum at all. But uh, I mean, what's what's our content today? We mentioned it, Joker, but 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 tell the people Outriders. about it. Outriders. We got Outriders today. Uh, it is one of the greatest pieces of of content that's ever been created for this planet. Uh, until next week. <laughs> So, uh, it's a game. It's it's a video game. Uh, it's made by the developer People Can Fly, published by Square Enix. The director was Bartoses. Is these names are gonna be a fun one? Uh, Bartoses, Kamita, Kamita, Kim- the writers Joshua Rubin, composes Enon Zer. Uh, it's built in the Unreal Four engine. And it is on Windows, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One, Series X, and the Stadia. So, you know, when you're all, all, all the people who watch this, uh, as I know, our entire audience is made out of exclusively people who own Stadias. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys are enjoying Outriders. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, okay, well, Joker has done the wonderful thing and even given us a little a little summary, you know, for what Outriders is beyond all these, these great credits. So Outriders is a one to three player co-op third person RPG shooter set in an original dark and desperate sci-fi universe. As mankind bleeds out in the trenches of Enoch, you'll create your own Outrider and embark on a journey across the hostile planet. With rich storytelling spanning a diverse world, you'll leave behind the slums and shanty towns of the first city and traverse forests, mountains, and desert in the pursuit of a mysterious signal. Combining intense gunplay with violent powers and an arsenal of increasingly twisted weaponry and gear sets, Outriders offers countless hours of gameplay from one of the finest shooter developers in the industry, People Can Fly. I know the... the uh... As an audio podcast, they can't see the video, but we we do record this live uh, on Twitch every Tuesday. Did you have a, a video queued up for that? Why? <laughs> you make me look like a chump. That's all. That's it. Joker, <laughs> John. Sorry, I'm gonna go between John and Joker bunch, but uh, that's okay. Uh, I he's he's upset that I enjoyed the game so much that I had a video clip. Uh, ready, ready yeah. there to play. She was while she was saying that she was playing a video clip as well at the same time. I, I did warn him. I had way more surprises. work than I'm doing. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> he was warned. So, uh, as we mentioned, this is made by people can fly. Do you have any past experience with their games? Do you even know what they they've created in general? Do you do you know the People Can Fly studio? Well, well, I have a cheat sheet, but before before you gave me the cheat sheet, no, I had absolutely no clue whatsoever. Okay, 
So for the people who don't know, People Can Fly, uh, it's a game studio. They've been around for a while. Maybe you'll find out about that in the facts section. Uh, Ooh, look at the tease. Now everyone's interested. They're like, wow, I really want to know this. This isn't a thing that I can just look up in two seconds. (laughs) But People Can Fly, they're probably mainly known for two games, Gears of War Mm -hmm. and Bulletstorm are their two kind of big franchises that they worked on. Uh, they initially, we'll, we'll get to some of that, the, those things later, but they also worked on Fortnite and nobody Unreal knows. Tournament. Nobody so knows that one. Nobody knows. Again, those are the kind of the three. A lot of people don't realize that people can fly worked on Fortnite. Uh, as they, I think Gears of War, Bulletstorm are the kind of the most well-known and Unreal Tournament, which I'm a fan of. It was Unreal Tournament was basically the, the Smash Bros of mm-hmm epic games and just i think at what xbox playstation one of the two they just had all of their their uh anything that was part of the epic games family was thrown into a giant shooter game it was actually pretty okay that is too bad they didn't make more of i remember playing that in school a long time ago so i feel like unreal tournament might have actually been what uh, pulled you into this world right isn't that uh maybe some of your I- connections no, it's for how be... we know each other i guess maybe a little <laughs> bit <laughs> had nothing to do with with esports event or the halo or yeah yeah it's Gear, gears war and unreal tournament yeah that was the reason why we met <laughs> those are those are the ones oh goodness so yes my my experience with their previous games is, is definitely limited but I have a feeling that the fact sheet or facts are about to give me some meat about this company, right? I, yeah, uh, you haven't read the facts yet. Well, I guess I, I guess before we get to the facts, I do want to say, as I said, we are talking about Outriders today. I think this is the perfect game for us for this podcast. Uh, we will get to it a bit later, but this <laughs> game did receive pretty mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. I I will tell you with this in particular, I was very negative about this game and I flip flopped by the end, by the the game, the game got a lot better over time. And so that's how it's always positive. As I said, I started out negative, (laughs) but I became always positive. I actually ended up very much enjoying this game. We'll definitely get to that uh, later, though. We hit it right on the second episode. The perfect, the perfect thing. Okay, fact section. The first one. Zero official numbers have been released on the price to make the game or the revenue it has made. So we don't know how much it costs to make Outriders or how much it's made, but... There goes goes our Tokyo children. (laughs) No, yeah, we we don't know how many children we can raise in Tokyo off of the revenue from this game. So that's that's really just upsetting to start with. But it currently sits in the top 10 selling games of 2021, uh, which doesn't include digital sales or Game Pass downloads. So that's the hard thing. It's yeah, very... You, you used to be able to just well. pull up Steam, right? And just and right. just like, like PUBG, you pulled up Steam and you went, wow, it sold 30 million copies or 300 million or whatever it was. Can't yeah, do that. it was more I looked up the top 10 games selling games of 2021 
and uh the most recent one or at least the the one that was within the first five google searches was back in march so that's the one we went with no idea if that's still in it but you know don't go further than the facts that's you know it now top 10 game uh it made it into the top 10 games in mm-hmm. march so it wasn't before so it was doing pretty good yeah uh, which is actually really surprising because it is part of game pass mm-hmm. right and this is physical sales, so it doesn't include the digital downloads. And and I think it'd be really high because for those who don't know, Game Pass is a service that Xbox provides that you pay. It's a subscription service. You pay $15 a month and you get a giant cat, uh, catalog of like 400 plus games that you can just install whenever you want. You don't have to pay anything for them. And Outriders launched this year. Uh april 1st i think we will mention that later but it it was the game was actually launched april 1st of this year and it was free on xbox with game pass so kind of free again you are paying the subscription service so it's not really free but anyway point is it actually is still selling pretty well even though it has that uh i guarantee it had a lot of downloads though for that reason alone well we're not exactly swimming in games right now no so that's also that true. that is <laughs> especially new ips yeah that is uh in in an aspect of of that but it's also it is i it is very fun so next fact needs to get its facts straight you can tell them the next fact i disagree with it yeah so there's not a lot of good facts i'll be honest uh like i said searching for video game facts is apparently very difficult so <laughs> But we just got a lot of the scores. It has a lot of mixed re- reviews. I think the the everyone goes to the the aggregate, which is Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Uh, on PC, it re- received a 74 out of 100. You're going to get a lot of numbers and names. Just roll with it and think you understand it. All right. PlayStation 4, you got 72 out of 100. Mm-hmm. PS5, 74 out of 100. And Xbox is a 73 out of 100. So right around that 70 to 75 range. Uh, and then to go further on the publication, Destructoid, never heard of them, 7 out of 10. EGM, 3 out of 5 star. Uh, Fam- Famitsu, 31 out of 40. Game Revolution, 7.5 out of 10. GameSpot, 8 out of 10. Games Radar, uh, 3.5 out of uh, 5. Hardcore Gamer, 4 out of 5. IGN, 7 out of 10. And Guardian, 4 out of 5. So... Right around, it, it's pretty solid across the board of just like a solid 70%. And here's where the city stuff comes in. We're back. Don't worry. I got it for you. I knew you were looking forward to it, Nessa. You were wondering how how to raise children in cities. Mm-hmm, of so, course. So I got two for you. Okay. Rank seven out of 10. Okay. So it was the seventh out of 10 of the best cities to raise your kid in the world was Basel, Switzerland. So wow. Switzerland has... I mean, it's seven out of ten on yeah. on a out of ten for cities, but to be a little more accurate, a city that was given a C rating, a passing grade, for based on the schools around the area and its crime rate, so a nice solid seventy percent for the best places to raise a family in America, Chicago. Woo! 
congratulations on living in Chicago. So our rating system for this episode is either Basel, Switzerland or Chicago, Illinois. Or Chicago, yeah. Got Which it. my dad actually grew up in Chicago. That's where that's where my dad's from. Uh, that's where we still have a lot of family. So I've gone to Chicago a lot. They got Portillo's, so that saves it. Uh, Chicago, by the way, on this on this list was ranked 6,417. Oh, so, well, that's almost 7,000 out of 10,000. Right, exactly. So we're really, we're really staying consistent. Which is honestly a little scary for me. Yeah. Because 6,400, there's a lot of cities <laughs> in America. There are a lot of cities. And so if we're we're stepping into this the 70% barely passing grade in the 6000s that's we're having a, we're having a good time in America. It's, it's fine. <laughs> but it's I think Chicago's a great city. I almost went to school there. I used to spend a lot of my summers there. Um I love now to be fair, I was outside the city in a very nice, very nice suburb of the city. So that was lovely. Didn't actually spend that much time metro area. But I think rating something in Chicago is totally fine. I, uh, I, I think that's a positive review. Fact number three. Last fact. Mm-hmm. People Can Fly was originally built in 2002. It was 19 years or 18 years ago, depending on the time of year of this year. Uh, they start out with a first-person shooter called Painkiller. Never played it. Never heard of it. <laughs> Apparently, people liked it, though, I guess. So, enough that they start to work on a new game called Come Midnight. Also never heard of it. And the reason being is the publisher that they were working with had financial problems. So, the project was scrapped, and which was a big, big bad time for People Can Fly. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I never even heard of that game, so clearly... But then Epic Games, all of a sudden, the angels that they were came from the heavens. They saw a demo that they had made for Come Midnight, and they were like, hey, we like you. We like what you do. How about you come join our Epic family? And People Can Fly was, you know, without a publisher and a project that was scrapped, which I'm sure they were very happy about. So Thrilled. they mm -hmm. just jumped at the chance. They immediately went to work on Gears of War 1. Gears of War 1 had already been released, so they worked on the PC port specifically for Gears of War 1. Then they kind of worked on Gears of War 2. Uh, they weren't... It sounded like they just kind of did a lot of the, the grunt work for it that no one else really wanted to do. And then they actually did co-develop Gears of War 3, so that's where they became an actual part. They got their name in the credit. Well, they were already in the credits, but... They got front page on the opening of the game or something. Uh, then they made Bulletstorm, which is an amazing game, by the way. It's a top tier. It's a positively, re positively reviewed, certified positively reviewed. Mm -hmm. uh, LLC copyright and patent pending on that. So <laughs> then they worked, you know, then they then they after after Bulletstorm, which was a top tier 10 out of 10 game. You should definitely go check it out. Uh, then they worked on Fortnite after that was kind of their their big thing, and they they did a lot. They they kind of worked with a lot of multiplayer titles and stuff like that. Um, but they worked on Fortnite before it had its battle royale mode. So when mm -hmm. they they were working on it before it actually blew up and was important, because a lot once again people don't know Fortnite was out a year before it actually blew up because it was it had this uh, campaign mm -hmm. area that. 
I actually played more than the, the Battle Royale. It was a lot more fun, so. You notice how I left out Gears of War Judgment from this list? <laughs> Fantastic time. They did work on Gears of War Judgment. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're going to say about it. Got it. We're keeping things positive. Positive. Well, well, there is a side fact of positivity here, right? Side fact, uh, PCF, no, not the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Uh, they have a lot more people in funding, ho hopefully. I, ho I hope PCF has a lot more people in funding. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe our game studios have more funding than cancer research. Uh, went from a 40-person studio. Mm -hmm. uh, now I'm talking about people can fly. Yeah. Went from a 40-person studio to a 230-person studio for this game. For Outriders. So, yeah, so Whoa. through the entire time that they've been working with Gears of War and stuff, they were actually a pretty small studio. Um, but they went independent after leaving Epic, the Epic family. Um, mm -hmm. And that was kind of middle of the way when they were working on Fortnite. They decided they wanted to go independent. And then they started working with Square Enix and they were given a lot more budget, but a lot more freedom. And mm -hmm. so they hired just like 200 people, which is they went from a small studio to a really big AAA studio really fast. So that's cool. I thought that was actually pretty impressive. I think um, that's very cool. Although I am curious how many of those people are like $8 an hour QAs, right? I want to know the uh, right. the the ratios there. Because sometimes those people aren't actually, they don't actually count them because they're like contract out to a QA yeah. thing. So that's, a I am those, curious. A lot of those company, I, you know, I worked in, in some QA testing and stuff and it's all, it's all contract work. Uh, it's their way of bypassing any, you know, actually paying for benefits or... <laughs> taking care of those employees in any way shape or form so it's good <laughs> oh goodness but but 40 to 230 pretty impressive that is uh, right. i mean great for people can fly and like you said game is selling well game is very fun to play and i think that one of the things i saw a lot and i know we're going to get to this but there was discussion around endgame content and, you know, the other things you can do with the game outside of the story. And the beautiful thing for people can fly are DLCs. They can keep those 230 people employed moving forward. On that note, that's actually an interesting note. I didn't even think about adding this, but I do know that um, they don't really plan on adding stuff. I'll tell you when they release the game. Uh -huh. This is one of those those rare occasions. So a lot of games have gone to the live service model, Fortnite, a lot of things where they're just constantly adding destinies. They're constantly adding content to a single game and they're just keeping that one game for more years than normal. Outriders, they don't plan on doing live service. So they don't actually, they're not constantly updating it for one. Mm -hmm. But two, when they released, they didn't really have any DLC planned. Okay. So... I'm not saying that they might not add anything more, but as of far as I know right now, unless it's changed in the last like month here, um, they don't actually plan on adding adding anything to the game. We'll see. So they they left the game pretty open to make another game. So maybe they're just going to go straight to another game. That's so. true. That's like a bigger DLC. It's like two right. DLCs but in one game. Yeah, it's a DLC that you have to go play somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, if you look at if you look at other games that have had 
well-received uh, DLCs, like, like Witcher 3. The two of them together constitute the price of a AAA game and are another 50 to 60 hours of content. So it could have been The Witcher 4 if they had wanted it to. It just, it, it kind of comes down to how they want to do the language and, like, the engine they want to build it in. Because DLC, right. you go in the same engine, but a sequel, you can upgrade. Yeah, you tend to upgrade a lot, a lot of the, the base engine, back back-end stuff that you don't need to waste the time doing if you're going to add DLC. So it's one of the reasons a lot of games do the live service, that they just keep building on the same mm-hmm. backbone for years and years and years and they they don't have to worry about doing the not so fun stuff so (laughs) well this is a this is a good i don't know how long we've been recording i the one thing i wanted to remember was the timer so i actually knew how long we were going for but i lost track it's okay but this is a good game uh we'll probably actually be able to talk about the game a lot more in this so i think we'll hop right into it uh the story of the game just to to give you a little premise, started out. You heard the beginning. You know, it's a it's a third person shooter RPG. What happens is you play as an outrider who are kind of scouts in this in this universe. Yeah, where like, their like tasks first first landers first. Right. Yeah. yeah their first contact first That's scouts the where they they land on this planet. So Earth blew up. It it didn't blow up, but it died. We think a lot of people. We think that's a good point. Yes, they don't actually know what happened to Earth. It just went but dark. There was fifteen years into their journey. So I have hopes for yeah. a sequel that goes back to that. Right. So they actually left a. They had. They boarded up two giant ships. Mm-hmm. They left Earth. Uh, one of them kind of did one of a blow up there was a caravel there's a ship called the caravel it exploded it's a big part of the game i couldn't follow if it was actually part of the two ships that left initially mm-hmm. but they boarded these ships and they left earth in search of new planets and they came onto this planet called enoch where the outriders landed they need to make sure before before everybody landed, they were the scouting parties to make sure the plant was habitable, make sure nothing was too crazy and they could live on it. So help kind of set the landing landing pad for the ship. It was an 83 year journey. And when they landed on the planet, everything seemed fine initially. And then all of a sudden, this storm that they call the anomaly mm-hmm started happening and it started either just ripping people apart and it just tore through everybody and even though this was happening and they could no longer land on the planet one of the people decided nope we don't care this is our only hope we can't make it to another planet they called down the ship and your outrider tried to stop them and you end up getting wounded you go into cryo for a bunch of years. It's like 30, 35 years. I think it's I think. 31 it? is how 31. long you're in cryo. So yeah, you get thrown into cryo to try and live. And uh, you wake up 31 years later and are immediately come out to just a war zone. Oh my gosh. Everyone is just killing everybody and 
lots of just war. When they so you come out to a war zone in like the enemy's camp. You don't know what's going on. You don't know why there's an enemy because it's people. It's not like random alien creatures. And this, I thought this game was not going to be for me. I thought I was really going to struggle because you're on the back of this truck and you're handcuffed and there are bodies hanging everywhere. Like you're driving through this, this, this tunnel thing and there's just bodies and they're not dead. It's not like they hung people and they're dead. Like you can hear them moaning and like crying. It's so disturbing. And I was just like, oh, oh, this is not, this is not the game for me. I'm not handling this well. Uh, and it, 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 it fixed that uh, quickly. It, it quickly fixed that aversion. But it, it's this kind of alarming scene when you come out of cryo, which if you're thinking about it, that's probably how your outrider feels. And so that level of immersion and, and like disgust and horror and, and astonishment is probably a really good crossover with what your character's doing, and I didn't even think about that until now. That's cool. You, oh, your character made it very clear. There was a lot of swearing happening. <laughs> like, what is happening? What did I just wake up to? So, yeah, you're captured immediately as you, you walk out by somebody, and you're with captured with someone else. He immediately gets killed off. Yeah. Uh, and then you get dumped, supposedly, into the they talking about how all these storms are coming or something. You really don't know what's going on. And you're just left out for dead. And ba you're just left out in no man's land. And, uh, this storm comes through the anomaly comes back. It turns out that these are kind of rolling storms that, that are constantly happening. And if you're out and about when they happen, they just vaporize you. Mm -hmm. So these happen, but instead, your outrider, your character, ends up getting a giant rebar through the heart mm -hmm. and dies. But then gets brought back to life. It turns out that 31 years ago, you tried to save someone from this storm from getting vaporized, but it actually also infected you. And you, everyone thought the storm just vaporized anyone, but 1% of the population got superpowers, yeah. pretty much. And you were one of those characters. And that's the character you play as. And you could choose. You have this really in-depth uh, character creation where you can play a male outrider, female outrider. When I say in-depth, they've got options. <laughs> I some. not They've got some options. So I got some cool Viking hair. So it was. I was okay with that. I got these cool, like, braids. And, uh, yeah. Some, the the, the, the um, makeups specifically makeups with an S. That was the first clue. Uh, options were a little odd because I was like, why would I choose to do my makeup with like a weird smudgy mask thing? Um, but, you know, eventually there was an option that had like a pink um, Queen Amadela. I can't say that. I said that wrong. Whatever. Uh, thing going Close on. Close enough. I can never say it. Yeah, yeah, it's I haven't fine. been able to since I was a kid either. Yeah, it's, so. it's fine. There were, there were character customization options. They were cool. They were uh, aggressive. Every No matter what you built, you, you created someone that looked aggressive. I was attracted to Natalie Portman as a kid. <laughs> and on that note, uh, yeah, you, you had some options. Uh, we have a bunch of the voice actors for... The people who played in this, 
Uh, I'll be honest, you won't recognize any of the names because I sure don't. I will say uh, Jacob, who's the driver. So after your, the story kind of goes that after you survive this, you meet up with someone who is still alive, Mm -hmm. who is part of the landing party, or two of the people who are still alive. Everyone else has kind of gone out and died, supposedly. And she sends you off. Now she's like a war chieftain, pretty much. She was just a... A, a wee little scientist, and now she's a war chieftain, pretty much. Oh, that's right. And she full transforms from... Right. It's just a probe. Just give me the probe data. Cheerly, da-da-da-da-da. And then into... Taking photos of you yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's... taking selfies. Oh, my gosh. They did not only... Not only do they take a selfie, they do the little, like, thing and everything. Right. And you're just like, these yeah. are military-hardened... This just happened. Uh, yeah. And I will say, oh. I did start singing the, let me take a selfie, like the Chainsmokers <laughs> thing uh, at that moment. And chat was really unhappy with me. So I want all the podcast listeners to have that same experience of getting that song stuck in their head. Yeah, it was, it was their way of trying to show that it was, things were still modern and they had technology. But as somebody didn't mention, the storms, those anomaly storms, mm-hmm. fried all technology. Anything that came in contact with the storm or anything that was on the planet long enough basically got EMP'd and were completely useless. So they had no more technology. They were just living living with what they had, the resources they had from when they left Earth. So, and that was on the ground, which is a big part of the game. Uh, that's, what, that's what the story kind of ends up becoming is really you're trying to get to... There's there's a signal coming from somewhere out in the wilderness and you think if it's powerful enough to reach you through all the storm and everything, it will be able to contact your ship because half the supplies that you left earth with are just chilling up on the ship still. So you want to find this signal source to hopefully use it to bring down all these resources that will help you live for another 30 years, I guess. Which by the way, how did they, (laughs) how do I don't understand when societies are like, oh, yeah, we've been fighting for 30 years when it's these kind of situations. They come to a planet mm-hmm. that they've never been on. So there's already not humans there to repopulate. So we're not talking like and everyone is part of the war. There's not areas supposedly that are safe from this war. So they've just been fighting straight for 30 years and there's still enough people to fight this war? Yeah. I j- there were really big ships. There's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, these were these were supposedly ships that fit entire multiple entire cities in them. Like, you could potentially fit entire countries into this ship. Maybe so, they, like, slow-thawed, right? So they, they have a cryo-rotation of pulling people out of cryo, right? So you're like, okay, we got a few thousand people duke each other and you know they each have some cryo banks to pull from maybe that's that's really what's going on behind the scene is you just unfreeze more people as your existing ones die i think they did talk about that i think they either already let everyone go or everyone had died in cryo they just they just turned off all the life support well so what what they said happened was because everything got fried and they had to land there was there was a Early on, there was this this dialogue interchange where it was something along right. the lines of, we didn't have a choice. We could have just let you die in cryo. 
And, yes, and so that that's was right. that was the option. But I want to go back. The other thing about the signal, so supplies to live 30 more years, they're just going to keep killing each other. What's the point? But if the signal exists and the anomaly fries all signals, that means there's a place outside of the anomaly's reach. Right. Yeah. So no one can get out of this war-torn area because the anomaly storms won't let him. But if there is a section that is untouched by the storm, maybe they'll be okay. So Here's another question, though. So if 1% of the people become altered, get supercharged by this storm. And oh, we yeah, that's the name of the superpowered people, no. altered. Yeah. I didn't mention that, but yeah. And if you send, said like, 10 million people... And you end up with hundreds of thousands. Or is that, is that 100,000? I don't know. Brain right now. No. What? what uh, one percent. So that's well, 100,000. So 100,000 right. people can repopulate, right? Like, why not just throw it's everyone true. out into the storm, survival of the fittest, and then you end up with a new superhuman race? That'd be my solution. I think the numbers work out there. I think... We've seen in history enough comic books, and specifically Marvel recently, that people tend to not to like the the concept of let's just eliminate a large portion of the population. And I'm just saying that the no survive, matter the the weak die, no and the, the, the strong live. Goes humanity is going to keep going, right? Because based on the numbers, even if the the, the even if everyone falls to the storm, enough people aren't going to fall, and you're good. So, like, the problem's going to work itself out either way. Like, you're either going to find a way to live outside the storm, or the storm's just going to eat everybody, except for the ones who can survive it. I'm just saying, humanity yeah, has a chance here, alright? That's just what I'm saying. Thanos was like, let's kill 50% of the population. You're like, let's just kill 99% of the population. Kill. I'm just saying that, that, that you were... You were posing that why are people fighting so much, right? If this is the future of humanity that they have to, you know, Oh, no, protect. I know why they're fighting. They're fighting over for survival, which is the whole thing. They're trying to live, and so they're fighting for the little amount of resources they have. I'm just amazed that they've lived for 30 years and not everyone is just dead. Well, that's what I'm saying is that is that you there is a percentage of people that are, are going to be fine, so no matter what the, the fighting people decide, those those people are fine. And we'll see, but here's this might this is probably gonna be too morbid, but if you are in this, if you get pulled out of cryo into this depressing post-apocalyptic state, are you just gonna like see if you're one of the lucky ones? Is there someone stopping people from We're... doing that? No, I mean that I think that was a big is a lot of people did try and run out into the storm thinking that they were part of the chosen chosen few <laughs> didn't work out. And I guess that's the whole existential question of why do people try to live in the face of just sheer in, uh, inevitable death to happen? Uh, it's every zombie movie in the world, too. <laughs> it's like, yo, everybody be zombies. No. Let's. Not just that turn one. me into a zombie too. Not that way. Like, let's just. I'm done. Why? <laughs> because because you say the same thing. We'll just no, we'll just I'm all become zombies and we're fine after that. I'm choosing the ability to like shockwave the ground and absolutely obliterate people 
and still be normal other than that versus so many things. Immortality. I disagree with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you're now basically invincible. Yeah. That is uh, what she's saying is uh, for the game game side of things, you do get to play uh, as four different classes, each with mm-hmm. kind of different powers. Um, some of them are get all these like spectral kind of blades and can teleport. Uh, some are just really, they punch really hard and can create shockwaves on the ground. Uh, yeah, and they, they got some, they got some interesting, uh, and that's, I guess we can get to, to kind of the gameplay a little bit. No, actually, I, well, I lie. I want us to talk about the story. Forget that. <laughs> the, the story of this game started out in a way, uh, only positive, but it it ended up getting really good once they added all of the characters into the game. It became a much better game, and became actually intriguing and interesting. And there's a there's a lot of moving parts that I I wasn't expecting the story to go to. So, um, so the yeah the world and the concepts and everything feel so much like Avatar to me because. Yeah. When you load in to Enoch and you're you're looking at the beasts running around and you're in a video game and even though everybody is like cheery and let's just go check out the probes and everything they're taking selfies, you obviously know something is going to go wrong. Now, of course. I thought that the environment was going to be really hostile in some way. Um which it was, but I wasn't I, I went into this game knowing absolutely nothing. And so when the beasts are running by and you're in that cutscene and there's like the black goop and everything, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be just like Pandora, where they landed there and they thought they were gonna mine these resources and set up these camps and it was gonna be fine, but it turns out that like everything on the planet is is trying to kill them. Even though it's beautiful and it looks like it should be nice, everything's trying to kill them. And that was the sense that I got. But then they just added super voodoo storms on top of all of that. I didn't think about that at all. But now that you mention it, and I, I finished this game, so I've played through the entire mm. game. Nessa has, has kind of just started and is playing through it. There's a lot more correlation between Avatar and this game than I realized. <laughs> now that you mention it, I'm like, wow, hold on. Yeah, actually, there is a lot that happens throughout this game that is very similar to the Avatar storyline. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty. I guess that's spoilery. It'll it goes off, though. So it, it yeah. kind of goes off the rails and uh, you you start learning a lot of stuff about potentially the Caravel explosion mm-hmm. and what happened to that and mm-hmm. other things. So when you um, said there were natives and they could kind of control the storms and what happened, I was like, wow, that that sounds even more like Pandora yep. and Avatar, doesn't it? <laughs> I didn't think about that at all. Hey, we're supposed to get new ones of those. We got uh, they're yeah. filming Avatar 2, 3 and 4 already. I love that. I love the concept of that series. I won't talk about it here, but James Cameron's original concept of it was he would only release one every 10 years. And I thought that was really cool because he wanted to showcase, he wanted to use Avatar as a medium to showcase all the new technology in the last decade, which I thought was a super cool idea. But the studio was like, "Uh, no, that's not going to, 10 years to make? No, absolutely not. And uh, also you're going to be dead by the end of this. (laughs) (laughs) So... Oh goodness. Yeah. No, I mean that's I look forward to that uh that podcast when Avatar 2 
comes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we probably will. So. But well, this is uh, Outriders' new game. I mean, you can definitely see a lot of the influence of Gears of War in this, obviously. It is a cover-based shooter. I'll be real. As you play the game and you become stronger, you, you unlock new abilities and stuff like that. So the game is an RPG. You level up. You get skill points. You use those skill points to kind of build out a, a tree of the abilities you want to use and how you want to play the game. And they got... I will say that is the best thing about this game in general like they nailed the loot system mm -hmm. uh it, it's got a loot system similar to something like borderlands where when you kill enemies every enemy you kill has a chance to randomly drop a weapon it may be a better rarity or stronger higher level things like that and they nailed people can fly nailed that part of the game the class system is amazing. They did a really good job where they have all these. Uh, you can go online and just look up like Outrider builds. Mm -hmm. And they have so many out there that you can play the game in very different ways, depending on the characters you choose um, out of the four classes and, and how you want to play. If you want to be up close and personal, you can do that. If you want to be long range, sitting back, you could do that. Nessa you, likes up close and personal. I know hate, she likes yeah. just punching people. If you hate dodging... If you have no patience, if you just want to run at people, there's this class called Devastator. And I picked it because because I, I have no patience. I have very poor mechanics. I leave my DPI way too high to be any kind of good at a shooter. And I refuse to change it. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. Um, so I picked this Devastator class. And uh, what, what, what happened was I didn't know, I, so it was a couple fights into the game, and I've been shooting everybody, and it 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 teaches me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the clip again, there's no sound, but you can like see, see the joy in my eyes, um, because it, it says press F to activate melee, and, and now I kinda wanna start a new build to uh, see if I can use the melee attack before it, it tells me that I can, and this has been, I'm not kidding. It was probably the most satisfying, like, like legitimately the most satisfying <laughs> interaction in a video game I have ever had. Like I lost it. I started giggling maniacally. I like my eyes were wide. Like I, I like forgot I was streaming. Yeah. I just, I lost it. It was great. For, for the people who are li listening to this and not watching this, uh, I'll we'll post this clip on our social media. So Twitter and Instagram will have this clip up. Uh, I would definitely listen to it and watch it with sound uh, sound on. It's pretty pretty tier top tier because she she has a very maniacal scary laugh that happens and her eyes get very wide and she she scares me so. We'll post that there. So that's why you should go follow. We'll we'll post whenever we mention <laughs> clips or anything. We will post supplemental stuff on those yeah. places. So I I definitely go check those out. Yeah, but big big positive review for the Devastator. Um, but it made me yeah. it made me want to actually play other class. Like sometimes a story, a game, game of story to it. You you really just are gonna play through once, and there's not that much more to it. But seeing how 
gratifying <laughs> it was to play just a little bit as this one class. I imagine that if you play through the game as all four classes, I think there's a legitimate case for four playthroughs easily just because you want to play the different styles. Yeah, each class changes up pretty differently. Uh, the, the biggest thing, one of, one of the biggest differences between each class is how they heal. So, mm -hmm. you know, in, in a video game, obviously you're losing health constantly. Um, this game in general doesn't heal you normally. Like a lot of games is you exit combat, you just don't get shot for a while and you'll heal up. That's not how this one works. Uh, each class heals in a specific way. Like the four classes, the Technomancer, every time you deal damage, you get health back. The Devastator, uh, meleeing or being close to enemies will will heal them. The Trickster, uh, which is the the Spectral Blades kind of teleportation. Anyone, w once again, it's another. It's closer to the Devastator where you have to be close by enemies, and it's just using your. But you can use anything to kind of do it. Whereas the Devastator is more based on melee damage, and then the last one, which is a Pyromancer. You light people on fire. Anyone who any any character that's killed who's on fire, you'll get health for that too. So each class heals in a very unique way that completely changes how you're supposed to play each class. And they actually, as I said, their class system, the the all of it, top tier. They they really nailed it. They made it very fun. They made it a lot of very unique ways to play the game. That they did a good job with it, honestly. Um, I will say Outriders ended up filling a void that I, I didn't realize mm -hmm. I kind of knew I was missing. Uh, it's one of the reasons I think I ended up enjoying it as much, especially the, the later end game stuff is it really did just come down to you're just grinding and trying to get better drops and not only better drops, the exact drop you want. And they have a lot of stuff that you can manipulate. The game has an awesome weapon modding and crafting system so you can create weapons uh exactly how you want them you can modify uh things on on certain stats and stuff and they did a great job with it so they, they did a really awesome job that added a lot of layers where it's like if you wanted the if you're looking for a specific gun you could go to that layer but if you want a specific gun with certain stats you go with you have that layer or really you went from gun a certain gun <laughs> then you wanted a particular gun with certain mods on it mm -hmm. uh at least you wanted one because you could just craft the second one to whatever you wanted then you wanted ones that had certain stats like uh better critical damage or just more damage in general or long range or something and then from there you also could modify it even further where you want one that had good stats for all that so you could go to this insane thing where it could take you a really long time to get the exact perfect thing you were looking for which i think there's a lot of merit in that for people like me who like to sit there and just do that for hours on end trying to get exactly what you're looking for so that's so my question here is you know the characters are great you can replay the loot's not too easy you have a lot of modifications in crafting and the fact that combat is built around how you heal, which is sort of this refreshing mechanic. The creating of this game, right? So the vision and the direction from the creator. This does feel like a really good creative director, like a really good understanding of what they wanted the game to do. 
Because I think some games suffer yes. from not knowing. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to just kill people left and right. That's what That was the whole vision of the game. <laughs> You'll if you play this game, you'll know uh, they do. They do a thing that a lot. It, it's a very common thing in game development when game developers don't want to flesh out a character or don't want to animate a character or don't want to do anything. They do a lot of like, ah, hey, look at this new character. Oh, he's dead. Look, the new character you just met. He's dead now. They did. They did a lot of that in this game. Um no, I, I totally agree. I actually really like this is a brand new IP. So this is original, original work. We haven't uh, first in a series, hopefully. hopefully. Um, and it, yeah, they ended up doing it pretty well. They I was worried at one of the things that I was worried about at the start is, you know, the game toted that you went through all these different landscapes. You went to like snowy mountains and volcanoes and you do all of that within the first like 30 minutes of playing the game, you visit a, a mountain and a volcano at the same time. And you're like, Oh, I am blowing through this game. This, this is not going to be a long game. Right. Uh, I was totally wrong <laughs> in that matter. Like they, they had swamps and forests and deserty swamps and more deserts. And they just did every version of landscape you can and you could tell that the the creative director and just the vision for it is they really wanted you to feel like you were exploring a world. I mean, that's what the Outriders are, is they're, end of the day, they're explorers trying to go and conquer, I guess, other areas and and help lead the charge in uh, furthering civilization. So... Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I, I think the the vision and stuff for this game was fantastic. I think they did a great job creating creating Earth without it being Earth. You know, it, it really did feel like you are on another planet. So, uh, but at the same time, a planet with that wasn't just forest or yeah. wasn't just a war torn <laughs> no man's land. You know, the no man's they did a really land. Good job. The no man's land was. You know, I don't need more visits to that. This. yeah i so uh, I, wait till I, you get to the forest i watched some other clips of gameplay you know i haven't gotten to that part yet but um of like people running around on these planes and it's beautiful and i yeah i like i saw the gritty kind of like city setup type fighting you know the underground base all that and then there's these beautiful like plains and woodlands and i'm excited to explore they, they they had fun with this game and i i think i think they could have definitely had more fun with the game as well that i think they will they will do in a sequel so i think we will definitely get a sequel yeah so. you're you're locked in on that 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 it was it was yeah great. i think it's it's one it's selling pretty well yeah uh top 10 right and <laughs> that's just not including all the digital which it probably did amazing digitally mm. and even though it got mixed reviews, I think the studio realizes that they're in an IP that has a lot of potential, and I think they can take it a lot farther. So I mean, they they created this world that felt I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not I'm not all the way through it yet, but I kind of like that because I feel like it lets me give this sort of fresh take on how the game starts, which is important because the first few hours you play a game, if it doesn't hook you, I mean, if you're on Steam, you're going to return it. 
So I think those first few hours are important. But you can return games on Steam. If you play less than two hours and it's within two weeks of buying it, you can return a game on Steam. Wow, I didn't know that. <sighs> yeah, there's there's info for people. There was actually a short game that came out that took less than two hours to play. And so people were playing it and then returning it. And I felt so bad for the developer uh, because people loved the game, oh, but they yes, were still returning yeah. it because they're awful people. Um, Don't do that. Hey, give, give game to, <laughs> do you think people make this for free? I know you want it for free. Everyone complains about micro. It's I'm going to go off on a tangent. Oh man. Everyone complains about microtransactions and stuff like that. But then you're at, you ask them, you're like, oh, okay, well then what do you, like, are you okay with the game? They're like, oh yeah, I want the game to be free to play, but I don't want to have microtransactions. <laughs> I'm like, at what point do you pay the developer for working on this? You understand that, right? If they make no money, they can't make another game or they can't make the game. I, what do you want? I get it. You want everything for free, but come on. Oh my goodness. Oh Oh, beautiful rant. Beautiful rant. I love it. Uh, that's why I hope there'll be a second one. Because yeah. this game, like I said, it felt like Pandora. It felt like it was in Avatar. That part felt familiar. But... You like you like the ruin when you get to like ruin ancient ruins and stuff. You like it. They got some gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. It is Ugh. like she said. It's got some gorgeous scenery. Yeah, the sky boxes and just like the they got they got a lot of details even off in the far distance that you can you can just yeah. see and it's gorgeous. It's beautiful so. and it it felt and the thing is is I love that movie and I'm excited to see more of it. But it didn't feel like it was a direct ripoff, right? I know I'm saying that. I know I keep bringing it up. But it's just because that movie is beautiful and it is immersive. And the game was beautiful in the parts that are meant to be beautiful. There's, there's <laughs> parts that are not and, yep. like, they're not. All the and, hanging bodies yeah, and just, people getting their heads blown yeah, off. Yeah, not, not going to categorize. Yeah, it's really yeah. pretty. I love it. I thought it was gorgeous. <laughs> but it intrigued me. Right? I yeah. want to know more. This story is fascinating. And I kept sitting there. <laughs> I was sitting there playing it, watching these cinematics. And I was going, you know, it'd be really nice if this was a movie so that I didn't have to try to learn more about what's going on. Right? Like, I just, I wanted it to be, like, prettily packaged for me so I could sit there, like, you know, sit on my hands and not do anything. And I was having this this whole battle in my head the whole time I was playing of, I wish this was a movie. So that I could just see what was going to happen because I'm so intrigued. I want to be able to just like speed through this. But on the other hand, I was going, I'm so glad it's a game because if they expect you to play 10 or 20 or 30 hours to get through the story, look at how much more story they can give you oh, yeah. and the experience you get. And so I was like, movie, game, movie. And I couldn't, I, I still can't decide. I loved it. Like, I well, want to see said, a just, movie uh, of the you game. Watch Avatar and you get the gist of it. So, <laughs> Okay. I'll, I'll watch Avatar and keep playing the game and I'll get both. So is this is this a Chicago or is it... What was our other city? Basil. Is it Basil or Chicago? It's a Basil, Switzerland. It's a, Basil. it's a 7 out of 10. You know, overall, I realized it was great. As I said, I, I think if you, you combine everything in that game, it's a great time. It's a fun time. I'd highly check it out. 
It, again, if you have an Xbox and you get Game Pass, it's cheaper than paying the $60. And you get to just install it and try it out for... It, it's a long game. I think that's that was one of my biggest things with it is it is a it's way longer than I thought. It's a solid 12 hour campaign. And that was even me. Well, I, I was doing all the side missions and everything like that. But you got like I, I got an easy 18 hours out of it within the first few weeks of playing it because it. The, the the main story and everything is is 12 hours mm -hmm. but then they have a bunch of end game content which is a lot of the grinding part of it 12 and hours for the speedrunner let's be specific that's true 40 <laughs> hours most likely for the woman who takes forever to move through any part of game and dies a lot yeah so and you're also playing devastator so that will add to <laughs> well someone's gonna have to co-op carry me then that's gonna be the answer <laughs> Yeah, they do have co-op. Uh, that is, I guess we didn't mention it does have crossplay. It's one of the games that had crossplay on launch. It might not have worked exactly on launch. It works now. That's yeah. the good thing is it works now. I actually so, think but you can play with anyone. If you get it on Xbox, you can play with someone on uh, PC or PlayStation or anything. So I think the reason for a lot of the lukewarm reviews at launch was because for the first week or so, their servers were not quite up to the crossplay and everything but yes. let's be honest literally no game servers are up to launch have... week because the cost <laughs> yeah. of having that much server capacity for the first three days is not worth the gain you get so a lot of companies kind of just take the hit yeah, i don't i don't know of a game launch that is launched with good servers yeah yet. yeah People are always waiting in some queue or something. So wait, I'm really yeah. excited about my rating. I'm so excited. Okay, I'm so excited because save. So John's giving it a, a Basil Switzerland. Well, do you know what the cost to raise a child in Basil Switzerland is? It's uh three hundred and sixty-five thousand. So the cost to raise a child is one hundred ninety-four thousand four hundred francs. Converted to U.S. You know, United States dollars going off because our, our Tokyo number was about five hundred seventy thousand. New York City was five forty. So in Basel, Switzerland, is about two hundred fifteen thousand dollars. So my rating. Did you say is is the currency in Switzerland called francs? When I googled it, it said that it was a, a franc. Yes, it's F R A N C. Did you never read Heidi? No. Franks? Yeah. What? Why would you name a currency Franks? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you continue. We'll just well, I'll I'll sit with that one for a little while. I got My brain's got to process that. That's, that's okay. Well, so should I rate in francs or U.S. dollars? That's that's really a uh, U.S. dollar. Okay. I don't want to talk about Frank. Okay. okay? I don't like the guy. <laughs> I'm not a fan of him. Got it. So we're never taking John to Switzerland. But uh, yeah, that's my, that's my <laughs> rating. It's the cost to raise a child in uh, Basel, Switzerland. 215100 US dollars and 10 cents. That's that's the rating Outriders gets from me. That's a rating. Yeah. Out of... 
doesn't matter. Well, doesn't that's matter. the rating. I think, well, that's actually, what you get. I think the uh, the lower cost it is to raise a child, the higher the rating it is. So Outriders has beaten. That's a huge gap. <laughs> We're talking Mortal Kombat got a 300 and something odd thousand versus... No, 500,000. 500,000 versus... That's a big... You know what? That's fine. I'm okay with that. Overall... Yeah, as we were saying, Outriders, it's greatest greatest game of uh, ever. So, done it. But uh, Nessa, I guess I the last question I got to ask you is is now that you're, I know you're not done with the game yet, mm-hmm. but what? I guess what are you? What else are you looking forward to in this game now that you're you're still playing through it? One of the biggest questions I have, because I've only had one serious fight against an altered, is I actually want to see how those fights work without your, like, little uh, killing people for health. That's, like, my biggest thing in my head is how do you get through the big fights with the way that the healing system has been created? So that's, like my mechanical and i know i picked a devastator and this is why i'm gonna have a miserable time at the end game i'm assuming I'm just that's saying, because yeah if you're a technomancer you don't have to worry you just shoot the boss and you're fine you get your health back. yeah i'm assuming that that will be my challenge later on that's fine um i want to know what happened to earth because i don't trust that it went dark and i expect outriders three or four to have another ship arrive and then you have some kind of like super powered like teched up mech wearing earth people that have benefited from another few hundred years of development out there play the game. fighting play the game play the play. what play the game oh my goodness i want to know what <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying anything but uh yeah, I mean, uh, no, I mean, your your uh your prediction is not wrong. I mean, I, I would I would be totally down. I'd say in sequel, uh, I want to see our Outrider expand more. I mean, again, let's stick with the thing with the Outrider. They just go even further mm-hmm. than where they ended in this. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll we'll find out even more about the the natives, or maybe we'll we'll find more of the natives of the planet and see what's going on and maybe the other side of the planet i mean we've only ventured on a single part of the planet yeah, it's a big planet it's, it's not a small planet and if you're just running so, around you really can't can't explore that much of it and i'm i would love yeah. an ocean environment they did such a good job with with the like a beach mm-hmm. and ocean ocean kind of land because they, they need boats i think that's one of the few that they didn't have one of the few, like, I guess, biomes that they didn't show off in the game, so. But then you need boats, and then it's going to turn into Valheim, where you have to, like, collect stuff and craft and fight sea serpents, and that's a whole separate game. Valheim Outriders DLC update. That's the play. So you play through Outriders, and then Valheim gets a DLC that allows you to become an Outrider in Valheim in valheim so yeah. now you become an altered in valheim and you yeah. can just ruin trees and everything in that game yes exactly Perfect. you can destroy all the trees uh i'm good that's it that's my dream game 
I think I'm set. It works. The connected, you get blessed by the gods in Valheim, right? And then you just, you become a god. So I get it. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to plug our social media because I've determined that this is my role in all things is to be the sellout as much as possible. Yeah. That's what happens at the, yeah. at the end of the podcast. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I love to hear from people about, you know, what ridiculous theories or concepts. And so I got to say this. If Outriders and Valheim had a combo and this is tickling your brain of what it would be, go ahead and tweet it at us so that we could imagine like what Outrider powers would be granted in Valheim. But you can do that by going to our many platforms, right? So you've got Paz Reviewed Pod. So P-O-S Reviewed P-O-D. There you go. Easy, easy little end there. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, positively reviewed on YouTube. And then you're going to find the podcast on a lot of different of those podcast platforms by searching for positively reviewed or going to Podbean, where you can find us there as well. So many sites, whatever one you use, we're there. You're welcome. John did it, not me. Yeah, and check out, check out our first episode. If you, if you miss, if you're coming in on the second episode... Uh, I would highly recommend the Mortal Kombat episode. It turned out to be a good one. So uh, that's the first one we did. Uh, with that, next week, I think we, we had our three that was initially planned. So now we're going to hit our wall and then we're going to be out of content after next week. So we'll, we'll go from there. We'll figure it out, maybe. Uh, but I think we're going to do Falcon and the Winter Soldier next week. I think I think all the, the overhype has died down at this point, and now we're no longer hopping on the bandwagon and being overly positive about that show uh, for some reasons. But I think that's what we're doing next. Anyways, though, if you guys enjoyed this this episode, please, you know, with Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to this podcast, uh, YouTube even, just like it, follow it. Uh, give it give it 12 out of five stars seriously it helps a lot mm -hmm. all the all it's the algorithms think of it you're the hacker man for us you get out you get to hack our way into into all the the charts and become bigger than joe rogan and other people so when we hit that point which we obviously will mm -hmm. uh because we have very similar content yep identical. uh you know you'll be the reason why you you hacked us and everyone likes being a hacker man so but i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of positive positively reviewed man i can't talk today <laughs> but on top of that i hope you guys all enjoyed you guys have a good rest of your week <laughs>